Life is about attaining different goals, including financial ones. Whether it's saving for your first home, first car, your family, or retirement, you need to know how to get there. Welcome to All About Goals with host Tom White. Join Tom and his guest experts who will help you get there faster and the right way. Now, here is Tom White. Hello, and welcome to All About Goals. I'm your host, Tom White. Today's episode is all about startup investing. I'm sure uh, you've heard uh, about all of these startups uh, that have come about over the last uh, decade plus, uh, and even, you know, regular investors uh, participating in it. Uh, And so wondering, you know, how how do you invest in a a startup, a private company, a company that's uh, just starting out uh, building its products or services, and obviously the you know, the the payoff uh, uh, the return is either when that company gets bought um, or goes goes public via via an IPO um, and so today we'll we'll cover that uh, you know that particular kind of space uh, since it's been uh, very active uh, over the last at this point you know twenty plus years uh, um, and just more recently in terms of crowdfunding. Uh, providing regular investors with the opportunity to, uh, to invest uh, in that space. Uh, uh, normally, it's been simply uh, limited to, you know, the wealthy, the, what's called accredited investor. Somebody who makes either you know two fifty three hundred thousand a year, depending on if you're if you're single or married, uh, or have over a million dollars in in net worth uh, outside of of the value of your home. So now through crowdfunding, uh, regular investors who don't necessarily meet that criteria are able to invest in startups. And so, you know, since since this show is about goals. Uh, you know, startup investing really fits under the criteria of of building wealth, uh, because one that's that's the opportunity uh, where investing in a startup can can really uh, you know if if it pays off really uh, affect your your net worth. But it's also where outside of your regular goals like retirement, college education, and so on, uh, you know the the level of risk. And I'm not talking necessarily about volatility. I'm talking about risk. Your your uh, chance to lose what you've invested entirely, loss of capital, uh, you know, uh, is is very much uh, more prominent here than just investing in in stocks and so on. Uh, similar to what we talked about uh, last week uh, in our episode, uh, all about buying down. So I want to make it clear that you know, this is. If, if you're considering investing in startup, do it with money you can afford to lose, uh, simply because that's, you know, that's, that's part of the assumption in this type of an investing. You know, my own experience has been where I've, I've invested over the last 10 years, uh, primarily in fintech, financial technology. Uh, so, I do know a little bit about investing in startups. But uh, the crowdfunding uh, uh, wave, that's what enables uh anybody at this point to be able to invest in, in startups. So, we're going to talk about what are the characteristics to look for uh, in a startup that, you know, may decrease that, that risk and also in terms of identifying the, the boom versus the bust. Uh, there are very specific criteria you can use and also 
learning about you know, what the different types of investment uh, structures are uh, with startups, because it's not necessarily the same as in you know, regular stock investing. And you know, because this is investing in general, you know, view it very much as long-term in, ter- in terms of you know, uh, you're not you're not only going to invest in in one and that's it and hope that that, you know, becomes uh, uh, your boom, Uh, but rather learning from each experience and getting better at identifying companies, getting better at identifying the, the opportunity and, and how to, you know, uh, really maximize the dollars that you're looking to, you know, to deploy in this type of, of investing. So, so let's get to, you know, what I, uh, look at is kind of the five main characteristics to look for in a startup. One is the the idea or concept. Uh, you know, for something that's new, and the fact that it's a startup, you you want to identify a company with a unique idea, with a unique product or service. Uh, otherwise, you know, uh, it's going to be entering into already a crowded field. Uh, now, make a dis- I'll make a distinction between a unique idea or concept and also, uh, you know, kind of a first market mover, first to market. They don't necessarily have to be the same. Uh, you know, the, the idea or concept or service and product doesn't necessarily have to be the only one in the world, but rather, you know, it's a unique idea or concept that hasn't necessarily taken, you know, a huge uh, a market presence. And so there could be multiple players and some may already be out there, uh, but, you know, there's still a large addressable market. So the first thing is a unique idea or concept. And the important part as well is that as an investor, you know, for you to understand what that idea, what that concept, what that product or service does uh, so that you know what the company uh, is, is creating, uh, is offering. Uh, if you don't understand the, the concept, it's going to be uh, hard to, to, to really uh, you know, support that through the long term because investing in startups also needs to be a long term um, exercise or, you know, or, or intent uh, to, to hold it. In this case now, startups you know, typically uh, provide some sort of return anywhere from eight to 10 years. Uh, it used to be much shorter. But uh, a lot of venture capital firms, a lot of investors in this space have now, uh, you know, really looked longer term to, to, so that when it goes public, you know, they're, they're maximizing the valuation um, uh, for, for them for their own return. So something that's unique. And I'll share uh, in, in the next segment some themes, some ideas, uh, uh, industries, potentially to look at where there are unique ideas and concepts. So I won't get into that right now, but just knowing that that's got to be part of the criteria to look for in a startup. Second is a large addressable market. It's got to be where the company is going into a market that hasn't yet uh, been capitalized uh, by one or two companies so that there's still plenty of room for growth. And when we're talking about large addressable market, typically tens or hundreds of billions of dollars. And when you look at each company, each startup, they're going to, you know, as part of their pitch deck, 
they're going to say what they believe the addressable market is. So you don't necessarily have to be the one uh, to, you know, to look to kind of find out what that is. It's part of the pitch uh, or should be for these startups. The third is an experienced team. It's got to be uh, uh, led by a group of people, particularly the founder who came up with the idea, the concept, the product or service uh, that has experience in that industry or market that they're entering into. Otherwise, you know, they're not going to necessarily have, have the experience or the know-how of what to look for, what pitfalls, what opportunities. Uh, and so having an experienced team uh, leading this company is essential, uh, specific to that industry or market. The fourth is some sort of, you know, whether it's, it's IP, intellectual property, patents, something that protects that concept, that service, that product. Now, it doesn't necessarily have to be, it's not a must, uh, certainly a want, and that's why it's further down in my list. Um, uh, but if, if there is, even better. And if you can filter through with those that, that have it or even you know, applied where the patent is pending, uh, that's certainly a better step versus a company that simply doesn't have any, anything uh, to back up and protect that concept or, or product. Um, so, you know, once again, these are typically disclosed in a pitch deck because if a company has a patent pending or has patents, that's going to be something that they're, they're going to want uh, investors to know. Uh, there's, there's no downside to disclosing that. It's all upside. Uh, so once again, you know, uh, look at the, the investor pitch for, you know, for these type of things. And the last is valuation. Valuation in terms of what, uh, valuation for the company, the, the, the company is offering for that investment round. Uh, and, you know, that's also going to be in the pitch deck, but in terms of comparing, say, one startup, you know, raising a million dollars at a 10, you know, $10 million valuation. So, that's going to be a 10% uh, uh, ownership or stake uh, of this round into uh, the the overall company versus, you know, a million dollar round at a $30 million valuation. So it's, you know, it's, uh, it's a lot more uh, diluted. It's a much smaller percentage of the company. So everything else being equal uh, across the other characteristics and so on, obviously you want the valuation to be lower uh, than higher. Uh, yet, obviously you take that into account considering the other factors uh, involved with that startup in terms of your level of confidence or, or your level of understanding or just liking, you know, the concept or the team uh, or the space, you know, that they're going into. Um, uh, so that's why valuation as well is tends to be, you know, in my mind, one of the less important uh, factors, because if you really have a great idea, a great team, a great company, then, you know, because uh, this is all about your potential return, your potential return could be greater with a, even with a more diluted uh, stake than you know, a larger percentage of the company for a company that may not necessarily you know, 
uh, do as well because the concept is not that great or it's a smaller addressable market or the team may not, you know, it may not be an A team. So, you know, take that into account. But certainly, you know, the fact that uh, the first three things, a unique concept, product, large addressable market. So, if there's plenty of room to grow uh, and an experienced team, those, those are definitely the top three. Now, once you've, ident- you've identified some, you know, some prospective uh, startups to consider using these criteria, now you need to understand how some of these investments uh, can be structured because it's not just common stock like you would buy uh, you know, a stock uh, that's trading in the stock market. Uh, there are you know, several different ways. And so I'll cover just you know, a couple of the more common uh, structures. You know, second would be a preferred stock, which you know, with a preferred stock, you, it's not as, as common simply because preferred stock may be um, reserved for larger rounds, uh, uh, you know, where you've got big institutions as well, even to, you know, for, for employees and so on, uh, or, or you know, specific types of investors, because they are preferred in the sense that they have a higher priority over common stockholders, and some even, you know, have a dividend uh, attached to it. Uh, so, you know, that's another, uh, another structure. But one of the more common ones is a convertible note. And a convertible note is essentially a loan. Uh, you know, it's, it's a debt uh, by the company being issued to, in this case, investors who are, you know, note holders. But the characteristics of a convertible note is that at a certain point, there's a triggering event that happens that then converts the note, the loan, into common stock. And so, in this way, there are... Uh, primarily three things to look for in a convertible note. One is an interest rate because it's a loan. You know, there's typically an interest rate attached to it. Um, And that interest rate is not necessarily paid. Uh, It accrues. It builds up to where it's factored into the the conversion when the time comes. So, as an example, you know, if you invested 100,000 and there's a 5% uh, uh, interest rate attached to it, and let's just say exactly a year from when you invested is when the conversion happens, you know, that 5% is 5,000, your 100,000 converts into 105,000 worth of common stock. Now, that's not the only uh, part of the convertible note. Typically, there's also a discount, uh, meaning to say that the notes would convert at a discount uh, to to its initial issue, which then would get more common stock. So, as an example, back to the 100,000, if say there's a 20% uh, discount, let's say each, uh, each node's worth a dollar, it would convert at 80 cents to the dollar. Thus, then you would get 20% more uh, uh, of the common stock plus the interest rate. And so these are characteristics that you know make the convertible notes attractive because the downside is that when you invest in a convertible note, you don't necessarily know what percentage of the company you're going to own right away because that won't happen until after the conversion. Whereas with common stock, you know, 
if uh, a million shares are being issued and you, you know, you essentially invest in, and buy 10,000 shares, then you know you own 1%, uh, whereas convertible notes, you don't. And then the third part of a convertible note is the valuation cap, meaning to say that if the current round is a $10 million round and they're looking to raise $5 million, after the conversion, now then the company is worth $15 million, okay? Uh, that's very different than if the $10 million round were to then, you know, convert, say, at $20 million or $30 million. So, there's got to be a cap to not dilute uh, the, the convertible note holders. Um, so, those are the three main characteristics to look for. And there are other types and structures of investment, but those are the typical ones. Uh, there are even some uh, new, newer ones uh, that, that's, you know, called FAIR, um, uh, or rather safe, crowd-safe uh, types of structure, uh, but this is, you know, this is something that's new and uh, there's, there's a lot of uncertainty to this in terms of the fact that if a triggering event were to not happen, because there's no guarantee a triggering event would happen with a crowd safe, then you don't necessarily, uh, uh, you know, have that investment uh, where it essentially cancels your investment. So, you know, so it's not a guarantee that you actually made an investment. Whereas with the others, you, you do, you know, that, you know, you own a note, you know, that you've, you know, purchased uh, the common stock or preferred stock. So hopefully, you know, it's, this has helped in terms of understanding uh, what to look for in a startup, uh, understanding what types of investment structures these startups offer for investment. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we return, we'll discuss different industries potentially to consider or look at or, you know, what are some of the trends lately uh, with startups, you know, different themes even, and also, you know, share some, some example companies of startups uh, in these spaces. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Don't think you're an investor? We make investments morning, noon, and wait, what time is it exactly? Do we make short-term investments? Long-term investments? We diversify our interests, realize our gains and losses, and try to keep the big picture in mind. You don't need to become an investor. You were born one. Robin Hood. It's just a quarter, right? But what if Acorns automatically saved that quarter every time you bought coffee for a month? What about a year? Ten years? And what about the change from food, movies, parking, gas? What about the change from everything you buy? And what if Acorns invested it all in the market where it can grow through the power of compound returns? What if you didn't have to change your life to change your life? Go to acorns.com TV to get $10. Introducing Schwab Stock Slices. For as little as $5, now anyone can own companies in the S&P 500, even if their shares cost more. At $5 a slice, you could own 10 companies for $50 instead of paying thousands. All commission-free online. 
Schwab Stock Slices, an easy way to start investing or to give the gift of stock ownership. Schwab, own your tomorrow. Hi, Mr. Wonderful here. I believe that startup investing is key to building wealth, but it's hard for everyday people to find access to these deals. Well, I've got good news. On Start Engine, you can discover hundreds of startups raising capital and begin building your portfolio today. For as little as $100, you can own a piece of the next great business. It's your turn to become a shark. Join me at StartEngine.com. You're listening to All About Goals with Tom White. We'd love to hear from you and help you reach your goal. Call into the program today at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to success at allaboutgoals.live. Now, back to the show. All right. Welcome back to All About Goals. Thank you for listening to the show. I'm your host, Tom White. Uh, today, uh, we're, we're talking about investing in startups. Uh, in the previous segment, kind of talked about when it's appropriate uh, to to invest in startups uh, relative to other types of investments, and I mentioned it's, it's definitely related to the goal of building wealth, you know, not necessarily uh, other types of goals like retirement or, or college and so on. This has to be because it's money that you have to uh, be able to lose or can afford to lose, um, and also the fact that it's now available to regular investors because of crowdfunding, you know, more and more people are looking at it. And so I hope that, you know, sharing some, some of the things uh, uh, that I've experienced and learned about investing in startups uh, will help particularly in terms of characteristics to look at, uh, you know, from a startup having a unique idea or concept or product or service to having a large addressable market. So there's plenty of room and growth for the company to uh, capitalize on and also an, an experienced team, uh, you know, a group of people that have been in that industry or market. And so knows the in and outs of it and understands the opportunity within it. And if a company, a startup has patents or other IP, great. And the fact that if the valuation is a lot uh, more attractive than another startup where everything else being equal, uh, those are the two other things, uh, you know, to, to look at. And we also uh, covered what the different types of investment structures are, investing in startups, uh, other than just common stock like you would with uh, uh, regular stock investing. Uh, here, uh, preferred stock may be offered or a convertible note where there's an interest rate, a discount rate, and potentially a valuation cap uh, to make it attractive for uh, investors. In this uh, segment, we're going to talk about different types of industries uh, where startups are flourishing. There's a lot of, a lot of activity, a lot of new ideas, uh, new startups, uh, as well as uh, themes uh, in the marketplace that startups are you know, trying to capitalize on. Uh, so, you know, um, one of the areas which, you know, I've had experience in is, is in fintech, financial technology, uh, where a lot of things about finances are, you know, being disrupted by technology. Uh, within fintech, there are, you know, subsets or subgroups within there. One is payments. Uh, 
So just as, uh, uh, you know, PayPal uh, years ago uh, came in and, and disrupted uh, the the ability of consumers to transfer money, you've, you've had other uh, more recent, you know, startups that you know, have gone public, in fact, um, you know, such as Square, uh, just in, in the last month, Affirm. Um, and so, payments is, is very much still a growing uh, subset of fintech. Um, the next is cryptocurrency. You know, everybody at this point, I'm sure, has heard about uh, Bitcoin. And there are a lot of different areas within cryptocurrency that you know, are attracting a lot of startup activity. In fact, you know, one of the larger companies in this space uh, just uh, uh, you know, prov- uh, provided information that they are going to go public or intend to and have filed the necessary paperwork, and that's Coinbase. Uh, they're a company that, you know, that, that clears or, or, you know, provides infrastructure for the custody and transaction of you know Bitcoin and and cryptocurrencies, uh, and you know they've been very profitable, uh, and now you know want to go public. Obviously, this particular space uh, is still in its infancy to some degree, even though Bitcoin has had a huge run up in the last uh, uh, nine months. Uh, but you know is still a smaller part of the overall you know financial. Um, uh, services industry. And so you're going to see a lot of startups in the next year or two uh, come out uh, from the cryptocurrency space. Another area uh, where there's a lot of activity is in AI or artificial intelligence. Uh, This is where uh, companies are taking advantage of technologies that can learn uh, specific types of behavior, whether users or the environment, you know, different types of data sets to improve certain, you know, uh, whether computation, certain types of delivery of information. Um, and so artificial intelligence and along with that machine learning uh, is also another area um, where a lot of startups are, you know, uh, starting and particularly in this, you know, this is where you want to look for the startups that have these patents, these um, intellectual properties, you know, something specific uh, when it comes to artificial intelligence and in, in that particular technology. And obviously same with FinTech, uh, but there are other areas that maybe not so much will, which we'll go into. Um, you know, the third is clean energy. And this is to me, going to be one of the largest. Uh, clean energy, you know, will, will encompass not only solar, wind, uh, even, you know, tidal energy, but now uh, as a result of climate change as well, there, there are a lot of new technologies uh, uh, under this, including cap, uh, carbon capture and storage uh, uh, companies that are developing technologies and processes to capture carbon directly out of the air and storing them, you know, underground, uh, even converting the CO2 that's being captured into minerals so that it's permanently and essentially reversing the process and that, you know, fossil fuels come out of the ground uh, and then end up uh, um, uh, 
emitting CO2, they're essentially trying to reverse that process and putting it back into the ground. Uh, but also because of climate change, other areas within that, uh, in this case, uh, cement, uh, companies that are uh, finding new ways to create cement, knowing that cement, uh, the, the creation, the process of uh, creating cement creates a lot of CO2. In this case, there are companies where they're actually injecting uh, CO2 into the cement, which actually makes it a lot stronger than regular cement, if not even flexible as well. Uh, so, you know, there's a lot of innovation uh, that these companies are coming up with. But obviously, like I mentioned earlier, just because somebody has a unique idea, uh, you know, doesn't necessarily translate into a success, uh, a successful company. Uh, has, so other criteria have to take have to be factored into, such as the 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 market, the addressable market, the the team, um, and then a fourth uh, area that I'm seeing more and more is what's referred to as food tech. Uh, this is where companies are finding unique and more efficient ways to grow food to distribute uh, food or, or rather, you know, uh, uh, produce or, or other, you know, ingredients uh, um, and, and also processes that don't contribute to, you know, to uh, creating more CO2. And so, you know, there, there are more companies now uh, and a lot of these also are outside of the U.S. Uh, because distribution of you know, of food and, and the, the ingredients are a, a large part uh, of that industry. And then the last is, you know, at least I'll, I'll add it now, but I very much think it's very early. One of the earliest ones out of all of these that I mentioned is space. Uh, you know, there aren't a lot of companies yet. Uh, and so uh, in this space, uh, uh, so to speak, and, you know, we're going to see more, but obviously one in particular uh, is SpaceX uh, by Elon Musk uh, as one of the few that's, you know, that's uh, made a lot of progress and is still private versus, you know, a company like Virgin Galactic that's already gone public. Uh, and so you'll see more. And so, you know, it's important to understand and know all the different uh, types of industries or spaces uh, out there that startups are involved in. I mean, you can go even into, you know, this isn't as new, but, uh, you know, IoT, Internet of Things. Uh, um, you know, a lot of people probably at this point uh, either own or know about Nest, uh, which was, you know, bought by, by Google. You know, that was a startup uh, years ago. And so, you know, Internet of Things is still something that, you know, that, there's a lot uh, of, of additional innovation left in there. Uh, but in my mind, the, the you know, biggest ones uh, that I just mentioned, you know, uh, clean energy, AI, fintech, food tech, and then ultimately space. Uh, that's, that's still uh, very early. And so, you know, it's, it's important to know when you're going into uh, being an investor in this space, that you're going to have your losers. And it's all about, you know, trying to identify and get better 
at identifying the potential winners. So don't come into it thinking that, you know, you're, you're going to bat a thousand. Uh, you know, if you bat even what, you know, is acceptable in baseball in 300, you're doing real well. Uh, especially because the potential of each one of these that end up doing well, you know, will very much offset your losses. Because if you're batting 300, you know, one of these uh, that produces that 300, uh, you know, will more than triple, especially at this stage. So if you're investing in a startup, just to kind of give you, obviously none of these are guarantees and a lot of them are, are different, but if you're investing in a startup, especially in what's known as, you know, a series A or even potentially a, a seed round or, or an angel round, you know, the, the potential return could be, you know, five, seven, 10 times or more. And so, you know, if you're batting three, 300, you, know, you can see how, you know, one or two of these very much would more than offset uh, your losses in the others that, you know, that uh, uh, went bust. And so, especially for a lot of millennials, those that are, that are young, where a lot of the types of crowdfunding platforms were created for, which we'll talk about in, you know, in our last segment, uh, you know, where, where can you go and, and invest in startups? Um, for, a, for a millennial, you know, the sooner you learn how to invest in startups, the better, because you've got all of that experience to build up and get better at and, and, you know, really fine tune your process and kind of your, your eye and ear for, you know, knowing what's a good potential investment uh, in startups. And, you know, what I would say as well is that because the, you know, consider this very much long-term, like I said, eight to 10 years, if not more, your payoff is, will be in the form of the company being bought out, potentially by a company that's already public. And so, you know, you would get either shares of that acquiring company or you know, in many cases, it, it, it's a cash, uh, uh, you know, cash deal uh, where you'll get something uh, uh, rather, you know, in cash rather than in shares. Uh, but in, in other, other occasions, the company will go public in, in the form of an IPO. And so in that instance, you may not necessarily just, you know, sell uh, when the IPO happens, you could continue to own it. You know, somebody uh, invested early in Facebook or Google and still own the shares uh, after it went public. And even now, you know, the rate of return on that, you know, is, is definitely much more than 10 times. Uh, so, you know, being able to, you know, learn how to invest in startups and having a long-term focus, not just in terms of the holding period, but also the learning uh, and building up that experience is, can be very rewarding. Uh, so, you know, because if you're not an accredited investor, you, you're not necessarily qualified to join certain types of angel uh, groups. Uh, crowdfunding is the way to participate in this space. And when, when we uh, come back from a break, I'll go over, you know, three specific types of crowdfunding platform that you can participate in uh, 
and look at, you know, what startups they have uh, within their platform uh, and, you know, start to, to build that experience. And so, you know, it's important to potentially add this type of investing to other things that you're doing. Uh, this is the reason why I, I selected this, this topic today to talk about, just because it's becoming more and more common and don't necessarily want, you know, you to go into this like other types of investing because it's very different and you need to kind of, you know, ha- have a general understanding of how to look at this space uh, to, to be successful and, you know, and, and do it well. So, uh, we'll be right back. Don't think you're an investor. We make investments morning, noon, and wait, what time is it exactly? Do we make short-term investments? Long-term investments? We diversify our interests, realize our gains and losses, and try to keep the big picture in mind. You don't need to become an investor. You were born one. Robin Hood. It's just a quarter, right? But what if Acorns automatically saved that quarter every time you bought coffee for a month? What about a year? Ten years? And what about the change from food, movies, parking, gas? What about the change from everything you buy? And what if Acorns invested it all in the market where it can grow through the power of compound returns? What if you didn't have to change your life to change your life? Go to acorns.com TV to get $10. Introducing Schwab Stock Slices. For as little as $5, now anyone can own companies in the S&P 500, even if their shares cost more. At $5 a slice, you could own 10 companies for $50 instead of paying thousands. All commission-free online. Schwab Stock Slices, an easy way to start investing or to give the gift of stock ownership. Schwab, own your tomorrow. Hi, Mr. Wonderful here. I believe that startup investing is key to building wealth, but it's hard for everyday people to find access to these deals. Well, I've got good news. On StartEngine, you can discover hundreds of startups raising capital and begin building your portfolio today. For as little as $100, you can own a piece of the next great business. It's your turn to become a shark. Join me at StartEngine.com. it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to All About Goals with Tom White. We'd love to hear from you and help you reach your goal. Call into the program today at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to success at allaboutgoals.live. Now, back to the show. All right. Thank you for listening to All About Goals radio show. I'm your host, Tom White. Uh, If you want to follow us on Twitter, our um, uh, account is at allaboutgoals1. That's at allaboutgoals and the number one. Today's episode is all about startup investing. Uh, in the last segment, we talked about uh, five specific areas or industries or, or themes uh, uh, to potentially uh, look for 
startups uh, that these themes and industries are very much growing, lots of activity, lots of new ideas, innovation uh, happening you know, from fintech uh, with the payments industry, uh, where you've had uh, companies like Square or Firm, uh, you know, more recently a firm go public uh, to cryptocurrency, uh, where a company like Coinbase is about to go public. Uh, and we'll be talking about cryptocurrencies, by the way, um, in in a separate episode. Um, so look look for that. Um, another area is AI, artificial intelligence, uh, and machine learning. Uh, there are companies uh, uh, that you know, are taking advantage of the the immense power of supercomputers and and just the ability for uh, technology to learn uh, as, you know, as it's processing. Uh, another is, is clean energy with, you know, with the climate change, there are a lot of companies that are finding unique uh, ways to, you know, create new energy that doesn't uh, uh, emit CO2 or even potentially take CO2 out of the air. It's called capt- uh, carbon capture and storage Uh and, you know, a couple companies in there are like Carbon Clean uh, and Carbon Cure uh, for company that injects CO2 into cement uh, to actually lock it in there uh, essentially forever and also strengthens the cement and makes it flexible. Uh, another area is food tech. And in there is uh, a company uh, that you know, I invested in called Edible Gardens uh, that grow uh, herbs and, and different types of produce in green in gr- greenhouses uh, where it's very much climate controlled um, and very efficient uh, use of, of water and space as well. And then the last is space. And this is one of the uh, uh, younger uh, um, industries or, or even investment themes. Uh, uh, there's going to be more coming out of that. Uh, but right now, uh, one that's still public and not sure if it'll ever, uh, uh, rather uh, private may not even go public, uh, is SpaceX that's owned and run by Elon Musk. Uh, So this last segment, we're going to talk about uh, three uh, specific platforms uh, that enables investors, regular investors to invest in startups. Uh, One is uh, republic.co. So that's republic.co. Uh, There's no M at the, at the end. And I like them because they have a very transparent way of uh, doing due diligence and selecting startups uh, that you can understand and follow. So it's not just any startup uh, can you know, raise uh, funds uh, through Republic. And I like their, their interface, uh, whether it's, you know, uh, their website on, on desktop or even an app. Uh, it's easy to, to f- look at each company and, uh, you know, understand how, you know, how the, how the investment is structured. In fact, you know, there are a couple companies in there. Uh, Edible Gardens, like I mentioned, uh, invested in is, is through republic.co. Uh, in the clean energy, there's one company uh, that Republic.co um, has in its platform that turns algae uh, into oil, um, and you know it's a very young company still, 
even pre-revenue in that case. Uh, uh, but I very much like the concept uh, for the simple fact that in in talking about renewable energy like solar, like wind, uh, even you know batteries, you know some of these types of uh, renewable energy can't is not necessarily practical for things like you know airplanes uh, and even potentially you know uh, uh, ships. Uh, it's easy put to replace, you know, the combustible engine with batteries for cars, but not necessarily for airplanes. So, you know, oil may still be uh, a form of energy that's needed, but in terms of how to produce that, you know, other than fossil fuels, that's where the innovation comes in and algae, uh, uh, even ExxonMobil is, 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 uh, has some projects in that, but the company called Manta Biofuel is one uh, that, that caught my eye in that. Um, and so Republic.co is, is, is one of the platforms uh, uh, to look at. The second is Startup Engine. And, and this is, uh, if you've seen the commercials on CNBC, uh, Mr. Wonderful from Shark Tank, uh, kind of promotes, if not even, I'm sure, uh, invests through Startup Engine is, is one of their spokesperson. Uh, one company in there that caught my eye is uh, Flower Turbines. And they essentially create uh, these turbines that are vertical, that spin around, uh, that then creates energy, but it's, it's uh, generated by wind. Uh, and also, each one can be customized with, you know, with certain types of decor uh, so that they're not a, an eyesore in certain places, even atop buildings or parks, uh, you know, looking like just, you know, a piece of art. Uh, it's, it's a really unique concept uh, in terms of turning something to generate energy into, you know, even even potentially art. Uh, so flower turbines is, is one that I like uh, in that caught my in that platform. I haven't invested in it, but uh, uh, just looking at it. And then uh, the third one that I would say uh, is micro ventures. This is this is a much larger platform. Um, and what I like about micro ventures is that you can actually open an account using your IRA. Uh, not that I necessarily recommend it. I mean, it all depends on, you know, how your accounts are set up, uh, what uh, funds you have to invest in startups, but they allow you to open up an IRA. And now the advantage of that is, especially if it's a Roth, knowing that, you know, if you invest in a startup that does very well, you know, the potential return on it is huge. If it's in a taxable account, you know, that could be a huge capital gains tax, whereas in a, in a Roth, potentially tax-free or in an IRA, uh, still tax deferral. So, you know, they enable you to use different entities uh, of an account uh, to open there. And in fact, you know, just uh, earlier today, prior to to uh, uh, the show, I, I received notice that Robinhood uh, uh is is in their platform and Robinhood just filed papers to to go public here potentially later this month and Robinhood uh, I mentioned it in in one of my uh, uh, shows talking about investing is the brokerage uh, uh, an app firm 
that enables people to, to invest even small amounts, but very much came into the news over the last month and a half, if not more, with regards to the GameStop uh, Reddit uh, you know, trading frenzy, uh, because a lot of the uh, investors, uh, retail investors in GameStop were using Robinhood. So you know, Robinhood is kind of gamified investing and they're, you know, they're in the micro ventures platform uh, for investors to invest. And, you know, just to be aware that within each of these platforms, depending on the company as well, you know, there are different minimums. You can invest as low as a hundred dollars on some of these, you know, or it may require you know tens of thousands to to invest. Uh, so you just have to you know look, search through, and do your due diligence and understand once again you know uh, as I mentioned earlier in the show today, kind of what characteristics to look for. You know, Robinhood's uh, unique unique concept is more about making it easier to create an investment account and to trade. It's not as if, you know, uh, opening an investment account or trading is is a new concept. It's, it's how they, you know, they designed their app to make it very user-friendly. Um, and, you know, they were able to capitalize on that to the extent even of kind of making it like a game. That that was kind of their, their twist on it. But uh, that's something that got them a little bit in hot water as well. So, uh, but in terms of the, the market, yeah, uh, you know, Still, uh, lots of particularly young investors starting to get into investing and and trading. That was the addressable market they were looking at. Um, uh, and you know, with regards to kind of you know, their um, uniqueness, very much had to do with you know with their user uh, uh, design and the gamification. Uh, whereas something like you know. Uh, Manta Biofuel, for example, you know, has its own patented process of extracting oil from algae. Uh, and so, like I mentioned, patents, you know, is one of the characteristics. If they have it, great. Uh, that, that just, you know, uh, makes it that much more attractive. But again, valuation is something to look at and the structure uh, of, you know, of the investments because uh, uh, Robinhood obviously issuing common stock, whereas, you know, others uh, like Manta Biofuel uh, isn't necessarily common stock uh, uh, right away. And so, you need to, you know, read through uh, their documents and and know uh, how they're structured. So, hopefully, this uh, this has been helpful in understanding a little bit more about the the startup universe uh, because it's becoming more common and it's something that if you're to get into, you know, it's important to know how to look at startups, what to look for, uh, and understand the structures uh, of the investment being offered. But, uh, you know, I would would certainly encourage you to, you know, to uh, do your homework and, you know, and and start to, to build that you know, that experience, that expertise, especially as a long-term investor, so that you get better at it over time. And it's exciting to see, be a part of, you know, a company that is very early on and, you know, when it goes public and and knowing that you were, you were a part of that story. Um, so, our, uh, 
our theme of investing uh, will will continue, even though we started uh, our our radio show uh, in January talking about goals, where we talked about retirement, we talked about paying off debt. But the last four weeks have been focused on investing, and uh, you know, is something that I think more and more people are. Uh, getting involved in, particularly uh, millennials and, and Gen Z. Um, and I want to, you know, provide the information to help uh, investors and, and people in general, you know, achieve their goals where, you know, whether you're investing for, for or whether you're saving for retirement or building up wealth, I mean, investing is, is a key, uh, you know, skill to learn. And my hope is that the last three episodes, uh, including this one being the fourth, uh, have, have helped uh, to make you a better investor. For our show next week, we're going to be talking about cryptocurrencies. And, you know, I'll be the first to say that, you know, I don't have a lot of experience in it, but I think it's something that, you know, uh, is important for me to, to talk about just because, one, yeah, it's uh, a lot of activity has been happening, particularly in the last several weeks, really legitimizing uh, this, you know, this space, you know, from companies like Tesla and Elon Musk investing or putting, you know, over a billion dollars of their balance sheet in Bitcoin, you know, uh, if you're even thinking about it, once again, you got to educate yourself. You got to, you know, know more before, you know, allocating your own money and capital. And so that's, that's a process I'm going through right now as well. So, you know, not that I'll necessarily have specific uh, um, criterias yet, uh, but, you know, we'll at least talk about what a Bitcoin is, you know, what's blockchain, you know, uh, things I'm sure you've heard like, Ethereum, DeFi, uh, uh, even Litecoin. Uh, so there's a lot of of knowledge uh, to be to be had and and gained in this space. And you know, I simply want to you know, want to start that conversation and have you be aware uh, that you know it whether now or down the road, it's potentially very much you know uh, uh, a space that you may want to look at uh, investing in. Uh, so. Next week, it's going to be all about cryptocurrencies. I want to thank you for listening to our show today, All About Goals. I'm your host, Tom White. Until our next episode, next Wednesday at the same time, 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Radio Show. Happy achieving. Thank you for tuning in for this week's edition of All About Goals. Please join Tom White and another guest next Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll help you achieve your financial goals one program at a time. 